listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's JK3. So we got the first game of the season coming up this Sunday, uh, 1 o'clock here in Jacksonville. I know we're all excited to get rolling and actually see uh, the team in action uh, the first actual game, no preseason. You know, we've only seen small clips online uh, because that that press pass hasn't come in the mail yet. Uh, but uh, come on, Tad, send that send it that way, Tad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be sure to tag him in the post for this episode. Um, but uh, I don't think that Dave Caldwell needing his mommy's blanket got us very far on that. Thanks, Derek. Uh, but uh, so we we uh, we're pretty Speak excited. The truth. That- Speak the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I, I don't think any of us are going to the game at this point. Uh, I'm still kind of maybe holding out hope to get it, maybe a cheap ticket just to experience the changes and, uh, weird game day experience that, that we're possibly looking forward to. Uh, but what, what's your guys thought process about ten, attending at this point? Cause I don't think you guys are going, but what's driving that decision? Is it COVID? Is it game day experience? Is it value? Is it cost? What, what are you thinking? Um, I think it's definitely for me, it's the the the, the COVID factor and, uh, you know, having to wear the mask and being around. And, I, you know, my, my thing is, man, when I go to the Jags games and I, and I usually get I'm one of the guys that gets out there, you know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. The last thing that I'm going to be able to do is want to keep a mask on my face and try to scream and, you know, have to worry about trying to go in one way and out the other way and everything. So. I uh, I want to contribute to just staying at home, you know, still being a fan at home. It's going to suck. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best to still wake up at, you know, 9 a.m. And, uh, you know, maybe shotgun a couple of beers without, you know, wake, waking up, waking up my neighbors. But, you know, I'm going to do my part from home. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Derek? Be at the house, you know, just comfortable, man. Comfort. Uh, the August, September game, not August, but September games have always been rough you know especially here in florida so uh the, with the added you know covid and stuff it just uh nah i'll pass but you, you know it doesn't um doesn't rule me out for the whole season though i definitely want to go to a couple of games and so we'll see how that works out i think also for for the fans i don't think it's a very popular ticket right now i don't think anyone's really risking or really wanting to you know, go out for the increased protocols, you know, for an unfamiliar product or an unfamiliar team, what they're about to get on the field on Sunday, not saying it's a bad product. You know, we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's just, a, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of people are really risking to go, uh, you know, to go see you Minshew, Chark and, you know, Josh Allen right now, at least right now. Right. Or Philip Rivers to throw five touchdown passes uh, per the average, uh, but yeah, I think that that <laughs> makes me think of uh, Shad Khan's quote from maybe his initial press conference, wasn't it? Where he said that the Jaguars were going to become the hottest ticket in town or something. Um, I think that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> that hasn't come to fruition. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. You tell yeah. me. But um, so you know, I I don't know. I mean, I agree with you, Derek. I mean, I, like we mentioned last time especially the September games and how hot it gets. I mean, you don't even need to go to the party deck for the pool experience. Cause usually with all the sweat, I have a pool like right under my butt as I'm sitting there. Uh, <laughs> it's so disgusting. And 
the mask just does not help. I mean, especially when it comes to, you know, the sun and everything. I mean, I'm going to be looking ridiculous coming back to work Monday. So I probably won't go, but I figured we'd maybe go over some of the game day experience changes and just give some opinions on those for fun uh, because there's quite a few actually. I think a press release came out on this a little while back. I didn't pay much attention because we didn't even know if we'd actually be able to go or not at that point. Um, but now that it's days away, uh, you know, we have the 25% capacity. Um, I guess that they're kind of pushing everybody back uh, from the, the field. So you mm-hmm. know, there's no seating directly down there. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe that's so when we're yelling and, and cheering, the you know, spit's not hitting the players or something. I'm not really sure. Um, the bud zones completely, uh, close all the, the decks are closed. So there's, you know, no interaction up there and people getting close in proximity. Um, I know JK3, you'll like this one, but, um, they essentially did not ban tailgating, but they said that it's strongly discouraged. Yeah. That's going to be a no for me, man. (laughs) I mean, just, just, just based off that. I mean, and then you're also, and the bud zone and the, and the other fan decks, I kind of like them being closed because I feel like there's so many different vantage points to watch the Jaguars games. And like at the time when we need the crowd and need the cheering, people are usually in like the blood zone, grabbing a beer or meet, Hey, meet me in the blood zone. It's like, okay, yeah, you're going to meet me in the blood zone, but you're not going to watch the game, you know? So, I mean, I, I don't really care about that part, but yeah, the tailgating, man, you know, that that's, that's what I, that's what I live for. Well, you're going to be doing it in your backyard by yourself, unfortunately, unless you're inviting people over. But uh, the Jaguars <laughs> are strongly discouraging it at the stadium, so we'll see if people, uh, you know, kind of abide by that. Uh, parking every other parking spot is pretty normal for most, you know, venues right now. I thought what was kind of cool was the self scan ticketing, and there are some enhancements that I think uh, hopefully will carry over past all this. Uh, some sort of and this is the way it was written on the website. It makes me think of like X-Men, but magnetometer or magnometer or something uh, scans you when you come in, I guess, so you don't have to remove things from your pocket for security purposes. So that component, along with self-scan ticketing, as long as there's not a whole lot of technical issues, could be a really efficient way to cut down on that wait time and that that sort of buildup of people outside the stadium when the games are starting. I think that's one enhancement I think actually bring a lot to the game day experience going forward. Yeah, they're really trying to get people through and not be huddled around each other, you know, as, as often. And plus with the 20% capacity or 25% capacity, I mean, getting in is not going to be the issue. I, I think what's going to be the issue is, you know, all the protocols about being able to go certain directions. Um, I think the issue is going to be able, you know, when someone is sitting in their chair or sitting in their seat or having their mask on whenever they're not eating or drinking or trying to lean over to high five somebody if the Jacks do score a touch or when the Jacks score a touchdown. Um, you know, I think that kind of thing right there is what really, you know, kind of takes it away. And I feel like if, like, if you're going to water down the fan experience and water down, like what being in a football game is like, I, I think you should just probably just follow suit with the rest of the NFL and just not have fans. You know, why, what, what, what are we out to prove? you know, that, that we can actually do it and host a game. I mean, Kansas City's doing it right now. Um, and, you know, just by the cameras, you know, spanning in the or spanning in the crowds, I see a ton of things that are supposed to be done already kind of rule-breaking. So, I mean, really? I, yeah, of course. I, I what are you I saying? Mean, I mean, as far as like, okay, so the, the people are spread out, but there are pods of people there. I mean, there are a couple people there with no masks on. Uh, people are screaming. Um, Al Michaels <laughs> Al, Al Michaels just said that 
the the fan or the uh, the fan noise is not being pumped in, and it's pretty. It got loud on third down, huh. and so I mean, why? I mean, if if you're if 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 you're really trying to uh, you know encourage social distancing and all this other stuff, I think people would have been okay with you know the kind of the quote unquote bubble atmosphere of you know the NFL. Uh, but I mean, you know, yes, that's why we host Man. podcasts. <laughs> Man, you know, it's all about the money. They, he's got to make money, got to have money, got to get money. Between, you know, the fact that even having fans and then you've got all the ads that are all over the scoreboard. Don't know if you've ever, anybody's driven down the MLK and seen the double the amount of ads. The only company that's not up there is Chico's Bail Bonds from Bad News Bears. I mean, come on. There's got to be like 20 different companies up there. And really there's like only seven. But still, it's all about the money, man. <laughs> It's all about the show and making sure he gets to gets the money. I was actually, and you guys probably have an appreciation for this, uh, especially you, JK3, having a you know kid in youth sports. Uh, like the high schools, you know, my daughter started high school. They're they're full on doing the Friday night football game stuff. I mean, I got emails about the game Friday, and as far as I can tell, there's not any requirements on anything practically. I mean, we we go to um, my my son plays soccer uh, out here in Clay County, and when we go to practice you know, uh, three nights a week, there's not very much, you know, you know, very many protocols, you know, on what they should or what they can and can't do, uh, during the springtime, like kind of in the heat of COVID, um, you know, there was, they had like little boxes that they had to stay in and dribble the soccer balls around and all this other stuff. But like, right. As of right now, you know, all the boys are all out, you know, running their full con well, whatever contact it is within soccer, you know, they're, they're in a pretty, you know, tight area and i mean the only thing that's pretty spread out are just the parents that are just watching and you know that that's pretty much it but i mean man enough about this COVID talk dude let's just get on to get into the in, into the week one i mean i think we finally are happy that we've got football finally happy that the nfl so far has pulled off what people didn't think was going to happen so i mean week one's here so what are you guys thinking as far as the the projection for this first game and I want to start first and talking about the running back situation because I got to tell you I don't know a lot about the names that are getting thrown out there when I saw the news no one does well but I mean you know maybe I should because I'm part of a Jaguars podcast that I should be somewhat familiar with this but I made sure to text you guys when I saw the name James Robinson I mean like is this as far as I can tell, he's undrafted, right? But is he somebody that you remember from college who could potentially be sort of an undervalued guy that that could be something? Or, or what's the deal with that? No, no, nobody remembers him from college. Nobody, you know, he was you know undrafted free agent, Illinois State. If there's a soul alive in Duval County that claims they know so much football that they've watched this guy at Illinois State, they are lying to you, okay? They are just straight up lying to you. Um, Gruden is stating that they're going to go with him and that he's got what it takes to, to, to start in the offense. Uh, Chris Thompson's going to be primarily on third down and that's it. It's that's so hard. It's so hard to tell because one, you know, we've seen very limited videos, uh, you know, from training camp and everything, but the guy that they were just pumping down our throats, this Ozigbo guy, right there, there, I mean, we saw a couple plays with Ozigbo, uh, saw a couple things, and now he's on IR for at least the first three weeks with a hamstring. So now we've got a guy that, you know, we know nothing about. Um, the, Chris Thompson was 
probably who the veteran that was signed in from Washington who we thought would have gotten the nod as a starting. And But they're going to go with James, Rob- James Robinson. So, I mean, we don't know what, what, what's going to happen at the running back position. Absolutely not. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I know he's going to start. He's probably going to get 15 to 20 carries. I'm crazy enough to start him in my fantasy league. <laughs> Are you so, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. starting only because I just know – that I, I just – I mean, I'm just going to take a gamble, you know, got to uh, bet big to win big. Yeah, that's true. Well, what about the uh, supporting cast to sort of, you know, get them going or, or you know, <laughs> generate some fantasy points for you as far as the offensive line goes? Are we in sort of a situation where, you know, running back that maybe isn't a star and is an up-and-comer, is, it has the tools and the people around them to actually be productive? Uh, I mean – how I mean, we're going from Leonard Fournette, you know, someone that, that was a you know, that had the NFL experience to an undrafted rookie. You know, so of course there is going to be a a huge. I, in my opinion, I think there may be a little bit of a drop off. But again, he's going to be behind what is a considered probably a veteran. Well, a veteran line. They've played together. Everyone's played together. Um, to, to my knowledge, everyone's healthy right now. So. It's going to be, I think, more on him to actually be able to create the opportunities and create the the, the rushing. I think the the lanes that he finds are what, what's really going to have to see and and how he can adjust to being, you know, an actual NFL running back. I, I'm not really too concerned about the offensive line and the supporting cast. I think, you know, uh, Cam, I think um, uh, Linder, of course, being there. And, you know, I'm not really worried about – um, Jawan Taylor on the other side, you know, being two, I, I think those are all, all the keys right there. Uh, and I think they're going to keep Minshew, you know, kind of upstanding, but it's just really a young team right now and how they're going to, you know, really shine on with the lights come on. You know what I mean? They, they don't have that preseason They're, I mean, no one's had a preseason, but this is probably the youngest team in the NFL that's going to be going out and playing week one. And now the wins and losses really count. You know what I mean? I mean, we're watching Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right now, who's a rookie, honestly. You know, he played at LSU, got big-name experience. But, I mean, he's given I mean, he, he's given the Texans everything they got. So, hopefully, James Robinson can do the same. And if we could get that lucky, <laughs> our offensive line's got to get to the second level, man. First of all. Second of all, this dude for, for Kansas City, he's carving them up. He, he Did you see what he just did to that safety, number 20, yeah. for the Texans? Yeah. Was that Reed? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Put him on skates. Yeah, yeah. We get that lucky. He didn't even when he when he turned around. He didn't even try to to run back. Um, you know, it's going to be so difficult to even imagine the type of production that y- you we were used to getting, which wasn't you know all pro, but it was still really good production. And now it's just a big question mark. The whole thing is a big question mark. And I know the offensive line's gonna have to block. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to block like their life depended on it to to uh to to you know create some running lanes. And you know, it's it's been we're going like like JK3 just said, a few years now, same group of guys. So you should have some some continuity under their belt to 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 work together and some cohesiveness to work together to to try to 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 create those lanes. Let me ask you guys, just in you watching it on TV right now, is there any 
difference in the quality that you'd normally see or anything that stands out to you from what you'd normally see in a week one game? Like, does anything stand out to you or does it just look like normal NFL football? I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that, and this is probably a testament to how disciplined the teams are, but I'm surprised that the amount of penalties so far, there hasn't been a lot of false starts. There hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, things that I would think that would actually contribute to having nervousness on the field. But then again, that could just be how disciplined they are, how disciplined, you know, Andy Reid is, how disciplined, um, you know, the, the uh, Bill O'Brien is also because he's from that Belichick cloth, uh, cloth. So I think the thing that I'm really impressed with is that it's the speed. It's not a sloppy game. I mean, it's a, it's a game right now where, you know, it looks like there are two professional teams. But then again, though, this is – these are – in my opinion, Kansas City is probably the best team in, in the NFL, and I would say that Houston is in that upper middle middle level. They're nowhere near where Jacksonville is, you know, currently right now. Could the team come out and surprise us on Sunday? Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I'm crazy enough to start, you know, the, the running back, James Robinson, just to hope that I, that I hit it big. It's probably stupid, and I'll probably think about it over the weekend, but, I mean, <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now he's there. So, I mean, it's just, it's just all a question mark. And I think with both of these teams right now that are playing, you know, they've got proven quarterbacks. They got proven receivers. They got a running back right now on the, the, the uh, Chiefs. That's proving himself right now, you know? So I think there's a lot of provens there. And for us, we just don't know. It, and what's frustrating the most about it is trying to cover a team and really kind of talk to the, about a team, even in a hobby standpoint, and not really knowing what we're going to see uh, besides what we see on Twitter and what we see on, you know, social media with some of the guys that we've had on the team that are actually covering it. You know, we, it's hard for us to assess the talent. It's hard for us to really see what they've got going. And like I said, Sunday is just going to really be an eye-opening thing. It's going to be a surprise for everybody. Derek, talk to us about uh, the matchups this Sunday on offense when it comes to the the guys that Minshew is going to be throwing against and just the overall, I guess, confidence level that you have when it comes to us scoring points and moving the ball up and down the field, how do you feel about that? Um, you know, they, they've got some, we've got some good DBs, uh, you know, Xavier Rhodes being one of them. You got to win those matchups. Although, you know, Xavier Rhodes is a, you know, pro bowler. Um, we've got the receivers to do it. They're young, but we've got the receivers to do it. And just, you know, giving Minshew time. Indianapolis is not going to, try to I, I i don't i don't see them just sitting back and playing in coverage and waiting for Minshew to make a decision i think they're going to come after him pretty regularly they're also going to um you know disguise a lot of things not put too much faith in the run eight men in the box so they could you know if they do drop back in a zone i think that would not play to their favor just because Minshew's already proven he can play so what do you do to a young quarterback? You don't sit back there and let him make decisions. You you try to change things up and bring a lot of heat and bring pressure from every which way direction. So when you look at the, the type of players that we have at that skill position, wide receiver, tight end, you got to make some plays. Now, here's here's one thing I will say. Yeah, Jay Gruden is not a uh you know the all-world coach but he is an upgrade as an offensive coordinator in my opinion at least he is an upgrade from what we've had for the last couple of years d Flippa, what nathaniel hackett before that uh, i think he's a better better play caller than they are 
I mean, he's a better play caller for sure. But you, you like you, you mentioned, um, you've got Xavier Rhodes who who has seen you know some some things and has you know seen some things. And plus, you can't forget um, you know Darius uh, Darius Leonard you know there in the in the middle. Um, I, I think he's an awesome linebacker, and I think that you know he's a tackling machine. And if Schobert has been giving Minshew trouble within the uh, trading camp, and which is notably or which has gone on on you know you hear it on all the radio outlets here uh, i i think it's going to really take take some time for him to step up his game and really just really out out scheme this i mean it's going to be J, you know jay gruden versus you know um a pretty i think stout colts colts defense so i, I don't know man i i mean i could just be mr uh what's the word not not optimistic what's the opposite of it like uh like Pessimistic. pessimistic yeah it could yeah. be mr pessimistic but i mean I, I i just it's so unknown and i and i don't want to you know just get too hyped for it but i mean it is week one i'm always gonna say that the jags are gonna go out and win <laughs> week one until i see something else you know so I, I mean i hate to spoil it at the end of the episode but i mean <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to say i mean we really don't i, I mean we really just don't know what's gonna happen hey, it, if he's going out and starting that running back, I, I just might go put a couple hundred down on, on the Jags to, like, you know, make it to the playoffs or win 10 games. Or wonder I what kind of odds I can get. The, 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 best, the best chance for the Jags to win is going to be on, um, you know, on offense, in my opinion. I think the defense right now, I think they've got uh, – they're going to have their hands full with Phillip Rivers. They're going to have their hands full with T.Y. Hilton. Um, they're going to have their hands full with Marlon Mack. <laughs> that, so that's – that's a good transition point. Like how, how does the Colts offense look right now? I mean, how are they perceived or are, are they with Phillip rivers in their quarterback and some of the weapons you just mentioned? I mean, are they among one of the better offenses or are you just saying strictly versus our kind of depleted defense? They, they are one of the better offenses. And here's why well, a couple of reasons you just mentioned Phillip rivers one, but two, we can't stop the run. Hopefully Timmy Jernigan and company can change that. We haven't been able to stop the run, and I don't know how long. Um, and we, they had a 1,000-yard rusher last year, and they went out and got another running back in the draft that's going to be a pretty, you know, you know, obviously he's young, but he's going to be good. He's going to be a, a decent back. And then you throw into the fold of an experienced quarterback and a receiver that can stretch the field. Phillip Rivers can make your average re- receiver look good. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, they've never played together. You know, you can say that, oh, they don't have the experience, but when he's been in the late game that long, he can overcome a lot of those things. Uh, I don't like that, especially against our secondary. Oh, man, I know we're not there yet as far as uh, talking about it, but uh, that, that, that just gives me a headache now thinking about it. Yeah, I think um, – the, the, I mean, CJ is definitely going to go out and – I mean, he's being thrown into the fire immediately with a – you know, veteran quarterback like Phillip Rivers that's pretty much seen everything and going to do what he can to kind of bait things. And um, I'm not sure if they are going to, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if, you know, CJ is going to follow uh, T.Y. Hilton or if, um, you know, we're going to have, if, if it's just going to be boundary corner type thing, you know, with Trey Herndon. Um, I, I'm not really sure if they're going to follow him. I, I doubt they will. I think it'll probably be either, you know, somebody's going to be responsible for whatever side he lines up on, either field or boundary side. Um, but whoever, 
you know, wh- wherever he does line up at, I think it's going to be, you know, some one of the guys that you've really got to make sure that you you know where he's at. And, I mean, you know, this free – I mean, with, you know, Ger- Gerard Wilson is going to have his, his hands full, you know, being as far as a free safety. And I think, you know, Schobert is really going to have to step up and really, really just um, – kind of show where, where people are or tell people where they need to be and be that true Mike. Uh, Miles Jack, you know, we should have a good, uh, decent game out of him as far as him being able to, you know, run uh, on that weak side. And if anything comes out in the flats, you know, he should probably be able to pick that up. Um, you know, I think I'm not worried about the linebackers. I'm not worried about pretty much the defensive line. It's just the secondary is what really scares me. Um, and I think the secondary just with, I mean, Josh Jones, Gerard Will- or Jared Wilson, C.J. Henderson, Trey Herndon. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't it, – it, they haven't proven pretty much anything yet at all. And I don't think they will in this game. And the whole defensive scheme has, has changed, Corey. Like, you know, before, when you really look at this, man, we had guys that would follow certain receivers, especially on third down. We don't have that luxury anymore. At all. If T.Y. Hilton goes into the slot, he's more than likely facing a nickel, okay, which is not good. At the well, DJ, DJ, DJ may D- – okay, so if, if he does go into the slot and you have to go within the nickel coverage, um, you know, and, and not to get too technical, you know, on the pod or, you know, on, on the pod with everybody, but I think if he does have to go into that, that nickel, you know, spot, I think DJ Hayden is probably the most veteran guy that, that, can, that, that would be able to hold his own against T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, but it's still that's just the the way that a, a lot of that also when you, when you have he can you know hold his own, but he, let's say he takes off down the field against one of our young safeties in the middle of the field, you, you know there's there's just so many things that Indianapolis can get creative with um, as far as what they want you know what they're gonna try to do. We just need five sacks. We need five sacks. We need mm-hmm. five sacks, and we need about ten hits. Yeah. In the yeah. games where Phillip Rivers has looked bad are the games that he gets put on his butt, and that's what they got to do. They got to get him. They got to hit him, and they got to keep hitting him, especially early. Get him rattled because what you by hitting him early, you take away the run game, and that way they're throwing a lot. Yeah, we got the weak secondary, but then our defensive line has its ears pinned back, so that we you know, will you know hopefully can balance that. We hope you know who who knows, but. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how that is handled. What type of game do you think it's gonna be, Derek? Like a like a high scoring back and forth type thing, or because that's how it kind of sounds the way you guys are describing it. Um, unless I'm misinterpreting that. Yeah, we gotta score. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think to do a score game, prediction. I think twenty something points. You think? I think it's. I think this game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring at all. I think the game is going to be played within that mediocre, like twenty yard line to like sixty yard line. You know what I mean? Like right in the middle of the field where you can't even get close enough to score. Uh, I mean, if they do get within, you know, sixty, you know, fifty five, you know, Lambo, of course, you know, will be there uh, if they if if the Jags do get in there. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to, I don't, I don't see it being a very, very high scoring game at all. You know, maybe, you know, one of your 10 to sevens, maybe, you know, uh, 
we've got the ball last, uh, get down there, make some big plays and, you know, score. I don't, I, I really don't see this being, you know, a, a gunslinger or a shootout, but again, it's all going to be, it's all the, the real test is going to be, uh, can we get to Phillip Rivers and, and hit him? And can Minshew really ignite this offense to put up points? In seven, uh, I'd say in the 20s. Not a 35 or 40 or nothing like that, but like 24, 21, you know, 27, 21, 24, 20. You think uh, the Jags are going to put like up – you think they're going to put up over three or over 21 points? <laughs> I think – I, I don't know. I don't know, and, and I'm not. I don't like your tone, JK3. No, 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 no. I'm not standing on it because you you you're misinterpreting me, and, and I'm, I'm I'll go on record and say it. the Jags. I'm just going by what you're saying, 21-27. If the Jags are losing, they're scoring 21. If they're winning, they're scoring 27. You think they're going to score over 21? They're, 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 just, they're definitely not winning. Um, <laughs> I think they're winning, I think, winning. and that's bold. You're talking well, about you, you think they're winning, <laughs> and they're and you think they're winning, and their running back's going to score, you know, score two touchdowns and run for 100 yards. That, so you, I hope you that. that I'm putting that. I'm putting that out in the atmosphere. I'm putting that out for my fantasy football team. I, you know, I'm speaking it into existence. That's what I'm doing. That's 14. <laughs> hey, that's 14 right there. So you, you you're six points away. So don't that's closer than 21 or 27. <laughs> <laughs> That's more realistic. So the tw- it's on the twenty, so the twenty-one side. Uh, Apparently, my interpretation was not too far off because you guys are in different realms. I think on the on the thought process here. I I I, I just no. I just think that I th- I think that it's gonna you know there's gonna be some plays. I think if if Minshew has time, I think we can we can get down the field. I think we have the receivers to get down the field. We just if he has time. That's going to be the biggest key. So if you, if you guys had to pick, you know, if we're going to be optimistic for a moment and let's say the Jags pull off a victory, what for each of you, what would be the one thing that just is the one, whatever it is that has to go right for that to happen? Like if, if we win, what's the thing afterwards that you're most likely to be talking about as the reason that we won? And, and Derek, I'll start with you. No sacks and no turnovers. I okay. You say no sacks and no turnovers. I was prepared to go with offense, but I'll go ahead and switch it up to defense. Um, the defense okay. at least forcing I, I, the defense at least forcing um, you know a turnover and, and a couple of sacks. That that mm-hmm. has to happen. I mean, just just you know, and it can be very glass half empty, half full, whichever way you want to go. But I, I think this is going to be a possession based game. Um, I don't I, – I, I hope the Jags win. I really do. But there's just so many different question marks and so many different things that I've seen out of this team that were – that, you know, when Minshew was at his best last year, they won six – there were six and six, you know, with him. Um, there were some things that they did great. Um, you know, they did have a running back that was able to, you know, regardless of what he says now in Tampa, you know, he was a threat. He still faced, you know, eight in the box the majority of the time. And up until week six, this guy was right with Christian McCaffrey as far as rushing yards. Granted, he didn't get the, the touchdowns, but he was someone you had to scheme for. But then on the other side, the defense couldn't stop, you know, they, they couldn't stop, uh, you know, the, the popcorn guy from from running uh, a veer right in Carolina. <laughs> you know, so there's just so many, there's so many unknowns. Hopefully, Schobert, so, hopefully Schobert 
he increases the run defense. Timmy Jarnigan increases the run defense as well. Um, you know, they've got the defensive line that can really just run in, uh, and they've got bodies that are going to be coming in. Chase on, he's going to be there to, to, to be able to help with that, uh, help with that run. Josh Allen, who's now like, you know, the, the guy that now everyone's jumped on, jumped on the Josh Allen train since he said he wants to be here and do well. The biggest questions are going to be from the, the biggest questions on the team right now are going to be how the secondary and the running back perform. I mean, if you had to ask me, I think it'd be a huge play uh, by DJ Hayden, mostly because he now follows us on Instagram. <laughs> at, down by, at down by the bank podcast on Instagram. Oh, Famous. <laughs> Thanks, DJ Hayden, player for the Jacksonville Jaguar. <laughs> you trying to get him on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Corey, so. I, I'll go out and say I think the defensive things are more important than the offense. Like as far as the sacks and turnovers by the defense, like we, okay. we we've got to have that. Um, it, it just you know it really thinking about it. Philip Rivers is you know he's going to keep coming. He's going to keep throwing. He's not going to stop until the until the final final whistle. So they've got to put him on his in his rear, you know, and, and hit him and hit him a bunch of times. You ever notice when he plays and he gets mad? I mean, he gets mad just about everything, but when he gets hit around and knocked around when he was in San Diego, Los Angeles, whatever, with the Chargers, the look on his face—he just had this look on his face, like, you know, you better not let me back on the field or else I'm going to throw a touchdown. Um, there were a couple times. How, how old here. is he now, by the way? Oh, he's got to be 40. Yeah, he's got to be not, – maybe not 40, but he's got to be there. He's got to be getting there. Yeah. This, is where, this is where we need – this is where we need um, our our social media intern to come in and just Google stats and be able to just, you know, be in the background. <laughs> background yeah. behind. Give us so, obscure stats. He, he, he's, he's 38. 38. 38, so. 38? yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, – actually going to the game when he was playing for NC state, when they played that bowl game in Jacksonville. So crazy thinking about that. I feel so old now, dude. In FSU's heyday before we stunk, um, you know, cause we're, that? we're hot garbage now. Yeah. That was, you know, 99, 2000, 2001 before we were actually, you know, before we really stunk it up. Uh, Philip Rivers, you know, played for NC State, and I think it was like '01 or '02. He came into Tallahassee and tore us apart. Like it was no one had ever heard of him. I think he was only like a sophomore, and he just ripped us a new one. And I remember sitting there like Philip Rivers, who is this guy? And just NC State, you know, NC State had they had Tory Holt from a few years ago, and they hadn't really done nothing since the '70s. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy. So he's been a gamer for a long time, man, a long time. Remember when Tory Holt played here? <laughs> yeah. Nasty yeah. fingers. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know anything yeah. about that, but <laughs> the fingers thing? <laughs> he's got a, no. Yeah. He, he's, he, one of his fingers is like all it's broken, so I think it's his ring finger. So like tilt it to the side or something like that. Yeah. Makes me want to throw up thinking about it. Google that. Like the, it's like the guy from Scary. Most Movie. of the Grab my strong hand. <laughs> <laughs> most most players in the league are like that, man. Most, most players in the league, basketball and NFL's fingers are all jacked up from just yeah. 
like uh, Shaq's feet. Have you ever seen that? No, nah, man. Now you're taking it too far. We're talking about just things, <laughs> not people's feet. Nah, yeah, come on. That's, <laughs> that's a new angle of this podcast. We're taking a different direction. We have to, uh, you yeah. know, be unique. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, you know be back uh, sometime after the game. I don't know when. I don't know how we want to record this year. If we want to, now that we're we will all be home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> now that we're in the comfort of our homes, uh, we might have a pretty good turnaround time. On uh, it, yeah. it may not be. It still may not be the best. I may I may be available around like eight or nine after I've taken a nap. <laughs> oh, okay all right great. well you know we can talk about that off the podcast but that's no problem um so uh, but if you guys are going to the game you know remember don't bring cash it's cashless and uh be prepared for a uh, probably super weird environment but the good news is if i go at least i know that in the men's bathroom I'm not going to get peed on like I normally do at the urinals with the truck. Oh, so man. Close. Okay. So. I mean, what kind of, where, where <laughs> do you, where, 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 <laughs> oh, sex beat and not getting peed on? Or, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm talking the, about, though. You got the drunk people is, in there. Bro, the is, urinals are super close. No dividers. I mean, it's bro, really disgusting. Need, you get weird on Thursdays. We need to go back to Wednesdays. Oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, to wrap up, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter. I never do any of the social media stuff, so I should probably start doing that. But Twitter, uh, at Down by the Bank. Uh, we're active again on Instagram a little bit, at Down by the Bank Podcast. Um, and then, of course, on all the you know audio podcast platforms as far as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which is really starting to kill it in the podcast uh, realm and Google Podcasts and everything else that has the word podcast after it, we're pretty much on. So uh, check us out. If you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Um, and otherwise, we will talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.